Who will be the next species to rule the earth and why is it spiders? Can ghosts swim? Answers to these questions and more on this episode of This Paranormal Life. Hey! Welcome back to the podcast. It is Tuesday and you are here with your two favorite paranormal investigators in the whole wide world. This is Rory Pars. Uh, hi, how's it going? My name's Kate Greer. And if you're tuning in for the first time, This Paranormal Life is a podcast where every week we dissect a different paranormal tale, beast, claim, and we get to the mm-hmm. bottom of whether it is true or whether it is false. And, you know, if you are tuning in for the, for the first time, um, honestly, f*** off. Yeah, we said professional paranormal investigators. We cater to the day ones. From this point onward, it's going to be jokes and references <laughs> that you will not understand. We basically, at this point, have our own language. <laughs> Mataka no hoi, kid. <laughs> Mataka no hoi. So basically, flahu off. You could just ukfei off. <laughs> you little astard bay. <laughs> Like always, like every week, we're just going to dive right in. Yeah. I'm going to be real with you guys for a second. There's been a lot of no's on this podcast lately. There has been. It's not something I'm proud of. You know, we always try to bring the most groundbreaking stories to the table. Absolutely. But sometimes those just aren't the most believable stories. It's true. Sometimes to draw in a crowd, you gotta lie. (laughs) (laughs) That's what my papa always said anyway. (laughs) Baba the traveling thief. (laughs) And that's why on this episode, I have a tale so true, you might as well just say yes right now, Roy. All right, I'm in. So these days, UFO sightings are ten a penny. You know, Johnny over there in the middle of nowhere, he's in his back garden, he sees an orb in the night sky. That's great and all. Yeah. But it turns out Johnny was drinking that night. Johnny... <laughs> Hell, Johnny's unemployed too, and turns out he could do with the media attention. Right. Next right. thing you know, the UFO was actually a dragonfly, and he's wasted everyone's time, including ours. Absolutely. And you know, we're talking about the present day, the age of information. Mm-hmm. You know, back in the olden days, if you saw an alien, hell, if he walked right up to you and slapped you across the face, who are you going to tell? Who's going to believe you? But exactly. nowadays, you can be tweeting this stuff, you can be periscoping, Instagramming. Exactly. exactly. You know, the coverage is great. But it also gives a platform and a voice to, to these whistleblowers, these, these, um, who's the guy that, that cried wolf? That little shit. <laughs> Does he have a name? You know the dude that cried wolf? The it, boy? What, in the story? He, yeah, him. I don't think so. That little asshole. <laughs> <laughs> You're talking about a real life whistleblower? Or, no, okay. The no, parable. the boy who cried wolf. <laughs> little ass. <laughs> That's right. They're wasting our time. And by the way, our time is very expensive. We're like high-powered lawyers over here. That's right. Paranormal investigator costs about a grand an hour, if you're wondering. And that's a cheap rate. That's right. <laughs> that's the mate's rates. <laughs> so, listen, it's, a, it's like court. It's all about witnesses. That is the holy grail. Someone else who saw the same thing who can independently verify it. Right. Unfortunately, this happens much less often. Turns out most people uh, see UFOs when they're like blackout drunk at 3 a.m. Yeah. And hell, I am not one to judge. I once saw space debris re-enter the atmosphere and tear across the sky while drinking in the street a few years back. I think I told you about the story, Rory. I have the first time for me, actually. And maybe if I had had one more beer that night, I too would have called Coast to Coast AM or emailed Alex Jones about it. <laughs> but there are certain times in history when not just one, but many people share a paranormal encounter. <laughs> but many people are drinking together. <laughs> And have experienced the paranormal. Indisputable proof that aliens are real. (laughs) 
stag do's see more paranormal events than the rest of the world combined. <laughs> but no one believes them because they're drunk off their... The year was 1998. Interior. Crack den. <laughs> crack den. Roswell, New Mexico. <laughs> Couldn't tell if it was a crack rock burning up in my peripheral <laughs> vision or if it was an alien craft re-entering the atmosphere. Anyway, it, it wanted custody of the kids <laughs> and said, see you in court before it flipped me off, the little alien gray. <laughs> yeah, sometimes there are just enough people that see the same thing to prove it beyond all doubt. Today, I have such a case. Okay. But there is a plot twist. All of our witnesses are six years old. Jesus Christ. Specifically six to 12 years old. There's a little bit more leeway than that. Okay. So six to 12 years old, primary school children. All right. I'm going to take a sip of my uh, Lombardi liquid of the dead here. It's uh, ice cold. <laughs> really, really tears at the vocal cords. There's like a visible... I don't know, smoke emitting from that bottle. You d really shouldn't be drinking that. <laughs> uh, you look thirstier now than you did before you drank it. I don't know how that's possible. My eyes a healthy shade of purple yet. <laughs> you look up, my eyes are now the shape of cat eyes. <laughs> Fucking hell. Like, it goes away after a couple hours. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Anyway, we've got any catnip around this joint. <laughs> the year? 1994. Pulp Fiction is in the cinema. O.J. Simpson is arrested. And most relevant to this story, Nelson Mandela is the new president of South Africa. Okay. And not too far away, in Rua, Zimbabwe, people's lives are about to be changed forever. The staff at Ariel Primary School in Rua are on their mid-morning break, preparing class for the afternoon when they hear screaming from outside. Ah, ah, not unusual ah, in the play park, of course. These kids are young. They're me. probably playing games, no, you know, it's not doing a game. hopscotch, trading Pokemon die. cards. No, it's not Pokemon! You know? Aliens! Worst teacher. <laughs> Earplugs in. Why, why is no one helping us? <laughs> Flames clearly coming <laughs> from the building. But the teachers know something really is wrong when they see the look on the children's faces as they run inside. They see real terror in their eyes. They're crying. And they have just one word for their teachers. <gasps> Abutu Koloshis. Oh, that's a big word. <laughs> it's a long <laughs> kid, word. Yeah. Long word. What? The teachers are puzzled. That's the name of a Zimbabwean legend of a child-eating demon. Oh my god. But it's, it's not really even a cryptid. It's more of a myth, like the Banshee or something. It's like right. a folk legend. So it's not even like seeing like Bigfoot. Right, right, right. It's like seeing Santa Claus. Yeah, something like that. But I guess in this case, he's like a, child a pedo. Demon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But so what? The kids were spooked, but teachers know what kids' imaginations are like and how rumors are spread. Mm -hmm. So they calm them back down. Listen, kids, nothing happened. Chill the f*** out. And they get them back into class. We've got times tables to learn. Back to it. And they told them to forget the whole thing. Right. Well, the school day ends and everyone goes home. The following day, the teachers at Ariel School went to work thinking it was all over. Until 9.30 a.m., they start receiving phone calls. Worried parents turning up at the school. What happened yesterday? What happened to the kids? Did you do something? What did they see? Our children are freaked the f*** out. And this is when they realize maybe something actually happened yesterday at break time. Okay. 
Maybe the kids weren't just trying to get out of class or screw with their teachers. Whatever they saw that day, they at least believed. The kids were talking crazy stories about an object moving through the sky, disappearing and reappearing in a bizarre way at lightning speed. My God. The staff and parents knew this wasn't easily explainable. They couldn't just pin this on a plane or helicopter. And so they called in the help of Cynthia Hind, Africa's most prominent UFO hunter at the time. Okay, this is escalating very quickly. I think if you, the teachers at your school are requesting the assistance from a professional UFOologist, you pull your kid out of that school. <laughs> you absolutely pull your kid out of that school. The irony is this is an incredibly expensive school, by the way. <laughs> I'm not joking. You, you don't want to see the poor schools like down the street. Those kids are getting probed, abducted, <laughs> slaughtered nonstop because no one they can have afford- aliens running the school. <laughs> Headmaster's 10 feet tall with lizard eyes. He is a bona fide gray. <laughs> all the gray pupils, like, bully all the human pupils. Yeah, there's <laughs> real, like, cliques in the lunchroom. <laughs> Look at this little bitch, Timmy, he doesn't even eat slime. <laughs> Get out of here, you little normal food-eating bastard. <laughs> all the cool kids high-fiving with their tongues. <laughs> <laughs> sending your kid to school is like listen to me i know you wanted to go to the expensive school down the road where all your friends went from from preschool but look we can't afford it this year maybe next year we'll try and get you in it'll give you a great education it's, it's a school of life you okay, know papa. school of hard knocks okay you, i understand <laughs> goes, money's tight <laughs> you're very mature for your age i know <laughs> <laughs> he goes into the first class. La 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 la. Like, all right, welcome to class, everyone. Uh, we got a new pupil, Timmy. Timmy, could you uh, tell us the uh, relative element to make fuel composed from dark matter? <laughs> Timmy's just like sitting there with his times tables. <laughs> Cat goes meow. <laughs> Timmy, no! <laughs> Go see the principal. <laughs> you, like, open the door to the principal's office. Is like tentacles of those Timmy's like this is too much <laughs> so they so they call in this ufologist when Cynthia arrives at the school she asks right away to see the site of the event and shortly after that she asked to talk to the kids about what happened she quickly realized that whilst details between each child's story were different they all seemed to be talking about the same thing The aerial school has a very diverse classroom, and although tuition was pretty expensive, there were kids from all different backgrounds and heritages. There were kids from Zimbabwean tribes, white European families from South Africa and all over. Extar from the moons of Pluto. Of course. (laughs) Cynthia had a theory that each kid described what they saw in the language of their culture, because these kids Uh... are pretty young. The kids that grew up with Zimbabwean folklore talked about seeing the Abutu Koloshis, the child-eating demon, or the, the Zvikwambo, the goblins of Shona and Ndebele folklore. But other kids described seeing something that sounded like aliens. Okay. One kid said, quote... I'll be the U- UFOologist. Okay, okay, okay. Is that a man or... It was a man, right? It was a woman. Oh, it was a woman. Cynthia, sorry. Cynthia. All right, Billy. Tell me what you saw. <laughs> details. We need details, Billy. <laughs> I don't know why you're being interrogated. <laughs> I'm very scared. I I could see that uh, mm-hmm. the little man. Mm-hmm. Uh, How little, Billy? Uh, Specifics. Um, about a meter. Right. Was dressed in a black. Humans aren't that small, Billy. 
What? Are you lying to me? What? You little f- I'm literally one sentence into my story. I'm really... Can I... Jack, speak? hold his hands. Can I, can I, oh! <laughs> oh You're going to tell me the Jesus. truth, you little shit? <laughs> <laughs> We're going to go through this Jesus one more time. Christ. Switchblade. Oh my God. I want my dad. Your dad's a gray, Billy. What the f***? All grays. What the f***? <laughs> so to finish Billy's testimony... Uh, he was dressed in a black shiny suit then he had long black hair and his eyes which seemed lower on his cheek than our eyes was his eyes were enlarged and elongated his mouth was just a slit Ooh. so uh, to recap a black shiny suit he had long black hair and eyes his but his eyes seemed lower down the cheek and they were just like a little slit so definitely weird and i can see why people thought this sounded like an alien right so Cynthia got the children to draw what they'd seen. And to recreate Cynthia's reaction, I'm going to show you the images these kids drew. Okay. So there's about eight images here. I'm just going to show Rory some quick thumbnails. All right, I want to see what these little kids drew. I was actually a pretty good artist when I was younger. Really? So um, I've only matured both in age and taste. So I'll be <laughs> able to give a pretty good depiction of what's going on in these pictures. Sure, of course. All right, first picture. We're looking at what looks like a uh, some sort of sombrero <laughs> landing in between some ping pong tables. <laughs> landing between some tacos. <laughs> some uh, it looks ta- like there's some chili con carne. Rory, are you just really hungry? <laughs> no. <laughs> anyway, this was the forest of Chapotle. <laughs> yeah. Um, we're seeing some consistent themes here. Mm-hmm. If you told a random group of children with no artistic talent to draw an alien this is very much like what you would see if you told a group of kids with uh no eyes and a broken hand <laughs> okay to draw an alien um this is the kind of crap that they would probably okay draw. they're six years old i, I don't see a future for respect. any of these kids uh, in the arts i mean they're already grown up so well i'm sure they're, they're actually older than us you know what one of those kids was called Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> Ever heard of him? Uh, why don't you go ahead and check the signature at the end of that bottom one? Banksy? Yeah, <laughs> the Banksy. He actually saw a lot of shit as a child. That's why he's too afraid to show his face. <laughs> um, okay, so we're seeing pretty consistent themes here. The last one is definitely the creepiest, which is definitely with just a man with hollow eyes like you would see in a skeleton. Yeah. And two dots for a nose. A humanoid face. Uh, yeah. Yeah, with vaguely alien-like facial features. Yeah, this is this is weird. Pretty creepy. I don't like it. So yeah, definitely some UFOs. I mean, it's kind of almost comical just how alien-like they are. It's almost like they weren't even f***ing trying. I don't know why I hate these kids so much. <laughs> just feel like the paranormal world isn't something to be taken lightly. Uh, and I would never take any testimony you from the eyes of a kids. child you know how they say you know how they say you should see everyone should see the eyes see the world from the eyes of a child right horseshit okay children are dumb and small you should see the world through the eyes of an old codger <laughs> someone who can barely walk i want to see the afraid, world afraid <laughs> scared of mortality i want to see the world through the eyes of a shark <laughs> always on alert i can see omnidirectional Looking for the blood. I want to see the world through the eyes of a dog. Black and white and crotch level. (laughs) That's all I need. So I know what you're thinking. What actually happened that day in 1994? 
Cynthia got a lot of different accounts, but let's try and get a full picture. I understand I've, I've painted quite a, a broad with broad strokes here mm-hmm. for dramatic effect. Let's try and get a full picture. So this is roughly how the kids told it. And here's a quote from one researcher, Mr. Nickerson. Sounds like a pedo. Sorry, I had to just say that. He sounds like a pedo. Who let him in the school? Nickerson? Mr. Nickerson McPanties or something? Is that his name? Sick bastard. Middle name Panties. Um, he shows up, <laughs> black eyes, long hair, <laughs> shiny suit. <laughs> the kid starts screaming. <laughs> he I, Mick Nickerson. Who let him teach a class? We are dangerously underfunded. <laughs> He's actually paying us. <laughs> so he said, quote, it was morning break and they were out in the schoolyard playing. They saw one main silver craft that had four others around it. Okay. It came down on a hill beyond the schoolyard that was out of bounds. The boundary was the edge of the schoolyard. They ran to the edge of the schoolyard to see what this thing was. They saw this small creature walk around on top of the craft while another came down to check out the children. He was in all black with a very tight suit. The children said he had big eyes like rugby balls. Wow. The children had direct eye contact with this creature. There seems to have been some kind of communication with the children about the state of the world, what we're doing to the planet, the destruction we are causing. Although not all the children got this message. Some children were traumatized. Others were really excited. The young children were the most traumatized as they were at the front of the group. It's a really sad thing that in a lot of these stories we hear about with alien um, communications, you know, when aliens come down right. and, you know, they'll use their telepathic powers or their technology to, to warn us about, like, what we're doing to the planet and how detrimental it is. Mm. And the sad thing is, we're just like, dude, we know. Like, <laughs> we all know we are f***ing this. <laughs> It's like, what? It's like, yeah, we know it's happening. I know. Humanity is just like that guy you grew up with who's like really off the rails and like yeah. has a, has like maybe a like a drink problem or something. Yeah, You're like, so true. do you not think you should rein it in? They're like, I know, I know. Like all like, the what other- is that it? <laughs> yeah. All the I other know. planets are like coming down and being like, you know, man, you should really clean up your act a little bit and get things together. And he's like, yeah, what can you do though? <laughs> They're like, well, we're telling you. <laughs> swigging a beer. <laughs> What? <laughs> so we, we, we're trying to tell you we've drawn out actually a 10-point system on how you can do this. Yeah, all right. <laughs> yeah, life really is f***ed, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, well, you know, you can't change the way you're born, so... <laughs> no point crying over spilt milk. <laughs> Lights a pile of trash on fire. What? <laughs> feel like you're needlessly going out of your way to harm the planet at this point. <laughs> burning tires in front of them yeah but i guess if you were an alien looking down on earth maybe you would talk to the children the next generation the future. you know because <laughs> they don't know that on this planet no one gives a shit what children say <laughs> <laughs> they were like oh we'll tell the children who will grow up to become adults and rule the country and then the kids are coming being like oh my god we learned this f- off <laughs> we're trying to drink here kids <laughs> you still remember it when you're 18 f- off again <laughs> So at this point, Cynthia knew something huge had happened here. All the kids were essentially telling the same story. This wasn't just a playground rumor. She knew she had to get this to the press's attention before this crucial story faded away into the kids' memories. Okay. Aside from press, Cynthia knew this case needed legitimacy. Look, 
We are proud of being paranormal investigators, but if we're yeah. being honest... Why do you think I got this tattoo? <laughs> wow. Yeah. I, mean, I Too discreet? I thought we were joking about getting those matching tattoos, no. to be honest. <laughs> it is big, it is large, and it is colorful. I'll be honest, the part across the nipples really stung. It really did sting. <laughs> I but see I they think... had to amputate those puppies. Yeah, all three of them. You know, I'd be lying if I said, uh, if I said my parents were proud of my profession. Society isn't proud of our profession. No. Hell, I don't know if I'm actually proud of our profession. But that's because the Can world... I get the tattoo removed? <laughs> I didn't know you felt this way. Patreon bonus, dear. Tattoo I removal. <laughs> I wouldn't have even used your face if I knew you felt this way. The world we live in simply doesn't believe in us paranormal investigators. Cynthia knew as a UFO researcher, she couldn't make the world believe in this story on her own. She needed to appeal to the scientific establishment for help. She picked a man who was, quote, not only open-minded and prepared to listen, but of some academic standing, and one who's risked his credibility with his colleagues to come out and say he believes the experiences of abductees, that those experiences are very real indeed. That man was Dr. John E. Mack a professor of psychiatry at Harvard Medical School and a Pulitzer Prize winner for his work in 1977. Wow. But by the 90s, his career was in an interesting place. He, <laughs> he had recently started devoting his time to UFO research. Nothing weird about that. He became obsessed with, uh, with the UFO abduction phenomenon. Okay, nothing weird. And he had weird. written a best-selling book called Abduction, Human Encounters with Aliens. And though once respected, he was now being shunned by his peers. Of course. Aren't we all? One researcher from Johns Hopkins said, for example, quote, John Mack is a brilliant fellow who occasionally loses it, and this time, he's lost it big time. You know what? This is so unfair, because you got a guy like John, all right? Yeah. He's writing a book about uh, abductions, yeah. humans interacting with aliens, and he's crazy, he's kooky, all right? But then you get some woman writing a book about little wizard boy going off to wizard school and she's a oh she's great she's a, what a great writer she is so you seeing the double standards here so you know that harry potter was actually fiction jk rowling it was a story was written it was about yeah. events that took place no it nobody did you know you can go to universal studios and visit hogwarts so Universal Studios... I've seen legit pictures online of people chugging butterbeer like it's wine. Yeah, so they made and that you're telling after me that shit is story. What? I'm sorry? You, so you know the way if you turn on ESPN? Yeah. You can flick the channel, you know, go, go through all the different sports channels. There's no Quidditch. Right. It's because it's not possible. Because it's shunned it's by the muggles. Right. I know. Okay. It's actually been a really tough you say spot muggle here. Like, yeah, you say muggle like you're not one of them. A muggle? Hell no! Okay, how can you prove to me that you are not a muggle? Well, I can hop on my... Where is it? Where is this son of a bitch? Hold on. Hold on here. Rory's searching his Nimbus room. 2000! Rory has a dustpan and mop. It's Cost not even a, a broom. Cost me a clean grand. Okay, off who? Craigslist. Okay, fine. And as you can see... Let's see it work. If this is what it takes... Oh. To prove Dude, okay, well, that the, I am the not joke a muggle, is, the joke is enough. Rory's opening his I window. I shall leap okay. yeah, from great. the balcony okay, fine. and take off into the night sky. I f***ing dare you at this so point. So long, muggle ass. Oh my f***ing god. Is that a compound fracture? Holy, okay, I need to stop this f***ing podcast. Are you alright? No. 
Why did you? Can't believe you committed to the bit like that. Cast one of the healing spells or some shit. So you need to drop this. I didn't read the book. What heals? I'm a muggle. <laughs> the only way I get through to you is by speaking your language. I'm a Look. muggle. I don't know what to tell you. Look, I'm gonna call nine one one. I'm gonna put you on the phone with some muggles. Just tell the muggles what's wrong with you. <laughs> Hello, muggle asses. Hello, muggle rats. I'm actually doing fine, thank you. But actually, if you could call Dumbledore, that'd be really chill. <laughs> so he doesn't know Dumbledore's dad. Well, I love the idea, so I haven't read the books. <laughs> Can you bring me whatever heals a wizard? You I read, didn't read the books. You read the first book. You thought Philosopher's Stone was the only Harry Potter novel. <laughs> Read the first chapter, believed I was also a wizard. Shut the book. <laughs> hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. So that's right. According to John's colleagues, he had lost it big time. And so he flew to Zimbabwe. Nice. That'll prove him. And he didn't come alone. He meant business, so he brought a BBC documentary crew with him. Oh my gosh. They visited Ariel School and filmed interviews with the children. And thanks to the beauty of YouTube, we can now show you some of those interviews to hear first-hand close encounter witnesses. This is great. This is some, I mean, as far as evidence goes in paranormal cases, this is right up there in the top tier. That's what I'm saying, bro. Something scared you, is that right? What, what scared you? The noise. What noise? The noise that we heard in the air. You heard a noise in the yeah. air? What was it like? Like a roar or a buzz or a hum or what kind of a noise? It was like someone was blowing a flute. It, it felt scared? What was scary about it? Well, it felt scared because I've never seen such a person like that before. Did you see the eyes? What did they look like? They were um, going like that. Where so she's pointing to like almond-shaped, like slit eyes. Up there. What was the feeling when you looked at the eyes? Um, it was scary. Mm-hmm. And what? Scary? Why? What made it scary? The eyes looked evil. Evil. Mm-hmm. And what was evil about them? Mm-hmm. Say what you mean by evil. It looked evil because it was just staring at me. With what? Staring at you as if what? This girl is trauma, straight up traumatized. <laughs> it is. It is interesting to watch the body language. Yeah, people keep coming back to that because I don't know. Like, kids can lie, but I don't know if they're notoriously very good liars. Yeah, and these kids are quite uncomfortable. Like, if they were child actors, they, this is Oscar worthy. 
to both of them were running. One was running um, in the trees, and the other one was running, running across the ship. Because mm -hmm. there were also trees here. Mm -hmm. The eyes were, were like more pointed as they came in toward the center of the yeah. head, is that? For reference, the kid is drawing a picture of Spider-Man on a notebook. <laughs> on top of the silver object, okay. And did you look at him? Yes. Did he look at you? Yes, and he gave me the creeps and I talked about Gave you the creeps. Actually, in your drawing, you showed him standing up, didn't you? Yes, I had to draw him standing up because I couldn't draw him sitting. <laughs> <laughs> Don't twist the story. <laughs> this is f***ing evidence you swore in a Bible. What I thought was maybe the world's going to end. Maybe they're telling us the world's going to end. It was like in the world, all the trees will just go down and... And there will be no air and people will be dying. Uh, how did he get that across to you? Well, he never said anything. It's just that the face is the eyes. Thoughts? Very interesting. Positive, otherwise? Very interesting. I did not think that a testimony from a group of little children was going to be so damn convincing. I've, I've edged a lot closer to a yes than I had ever hoped I would when this case started. There's almost something weirdly like more convincing about kids because they kind of, although kids have crazy imaginations, they, they do stand nothing to gain from yeah. getting people to believe their lies. Very and true. I mean, they don't even understand the world of like media and like kids don't want to be on TV. They don't care about any of that. Yeah, and to get a you know? story that's so consistent across all the kids because you know like if this was a lie you'd have that one little asshole kid that goes rogue and he's like and actually you know what he actually singled me out and said i was the best one of all the kids and yeah. uh, he gave me a ray gun and i shot it once and then i had to give it back yeah. you would have had that kid like chiming exactly. in exactly but the fact that they're all genuinely so terrified yeah giving the same testimony i, th I think that's like that's what the teacher said is like she she knew even in the beginning, when she wasn't sure if it was paranormal, she said, I knew they had seen something. Right. Because you could never get them to be that scared or honest. Yeah. So John and his colleagues were blown away by the research they did with these kids. Members of the crew said that this project shaped the rest of their life and opened totally new horizons. As one producer, Mr. Carter, said, it was clear they were telling the truth. Their voice, tone, their body language, they were so consistent, they told their stories with such conviction and they spoke about it in their own language. One child recalled being told by the alien that we should not be so technologed. <laughs> and, and he was like, why would they make up that word even? Yeah. <laughs> uh, even though they didn't speak in, uh, like, verbally. However, they did not necessarily convinced the rest of the world, of course. Local reporters in Africa claimed that the sightings simply coincided with a meteor shower, which at least drove the kids' imaginations wild and maybe explained the craft moving, moving through the sky. That's a big leap, though. It's kind of a leap to... Uh, if they had just seen a UFO, you could say that. Right. But someone turning up in their back garden? Yeah, that's with crazy Spider-Man eyes. And when John Mack returned home, he faced the Harvard committee, accusing him of failing to do systematic evaluations to rule out psychiatric disorders and putting persistent pressure on his experiencers to convince them they had actually been abducted by aliens. Basically, they were trying to shit all over his research That's into what it UFO, sounds like. UFO abduction. Many in the scientific community thought John had royally cocked up this investigation, that he hadn't been cautious enough with these incredibly young, impressionable minds. He must have guessed his academic career was done for. But to his astonishment, 
When the final report came out from Harvard, they simply cautioned him, and they said that Harvard wanted to reaffirm Dr. Mack's academic freedom to study whatever he wishes and to state his opinions without impediment. He remains a member in good standing with the Harvard Faculty of Medicine. Good. This was a huge win for John because Harvard, they weren't exactly putting their stamp on what he had been studying, but he wasn't a disgrace just for studying UFOs. Which is nice because no one should be. Exactly. And that goes out to the whole world, especially my dad. (laughs) You text your dad, Harvard says it's okay. (laughs) Let me come home, please. (laughs) The Nimbus was a lie. I got scammed, dad, again. Usually on this show, we are relying on scant evidence at best, but what makes this case special is we have literally dozens of eyewitness reports of this event, and thankfully, several have been reached or come forward to researchers for comment on what happened. In one Reddit AMA just last year, two affected kids came forward. Here's what they had to say. One Reddit user asked, What message or mission could the aliens have had? And the witness replied, Thanks for your question. I'm not sure what the purpose of the visitation was. The 11-year-old me was asked the same questions by the media. I had no idea then, and I have no idea now. Okay. Look, I'm all right with that. You know, because if you think of it with the roles reversed, okay? Imagine there's aliens living on Mars. Right. Okay? And we go through the whole process of launching a rover all the way out there onto another planet. Yeah. Imagine these aliens are looking at this thing come down. And they're like, oh my Christ, like a message from another planet. This is amazing. The thing lands, the rover lands, picks up a rock and flies back up again. You'd be like, what were they trying to say? What were they trying to do? That's so true. Nothing. They were just there to pick up a rock and some dirt and see what the temperature is. You know, who's to say that aliens don't do the same shit here on Earth? Granted, these guys, I think, had a bit more of an agenda than just rock picking. But yeah, they kind of did the equivalent of running up to a six-year-old, grabbing them by the shoulders and going, stop killing the planet. <laughs> what? I'm six. <laughs> yeah, but it is I interesting. Mean, you can't always, you can't always um, expect extraterrestrials to come with this profound message that's going to change the world. I think the ultimate example of this is Elon Musk launching his convertible into space. Right. Zero point no reason no one no one no one even got a say in that no (laughs) world government was like you probably shouldn't so maybe like aliens yeah they are like you know it's not like an alien it's not like take me to your leader like one planet talking to another it's just one rich ass alien (laughs) one paid ass alien yeah just you know cruising just flying through the galaxy stopped off on earth to take a dump Said hey to a bunch of kids, snapped a quick pic, and took off again. I thought this was cool. One Reddit user asked, was an alien seen running around on top of the flying saucer? The witness responded, it was reported by several students at the time. I don't have time for that. (laughs) Haha. I mean, time had slowed down incredibly slow. It was as though everything was moving in slow motion. At least it seemed to be. It's hard to put into words. Okay. I I thought that was cool because... There's a temptation to ask these people, like, okay, like, what happened as if it you could capture on, like, a video camera and upload it to YouTube. Right. When the kids 
testimonies are kind of saying it kind of happened in slow motion. They seem to be moving faster than light across the sky. They talk to us, but they never opened their mouths. Right. They didn't make any sounds. They telepathically communicated. I got the message from them when I returned home at night. It seems to kind of defy space and time a little bit. Exactly. Which would be presumably much more like what an actual, uh, you know, conversation with an alien would be like. Yes. It's not going to be like, hey, what's up? You guys need to stop wrecking the planet. They probably don't speak English. No. I actually found an article online, which I will put in the show notes, in which they talked to, uh, it looks like about five different people who were involved at the time between uh, one student, there was just a guy passing by, someone working in the garden in the school. They're all basically coming back with the same thing. And some of these people were adults at the time. For example, the guy who was working in the garden, he said, quote, I looked up and it was just there. It was 20 feet above the ground, hovering, making no sound. It was glowing. It sort of changed colours. Then as it was fading, it started moving towards the pine trees, moved through without knocking anything over, just like it was a gas. Jeez. Yeah, another student. It was the most amazing thing I'd ever seen in my life. It took a while for me to comprehend what it actually was. I'd never seen anything like that before. There is actually a film being made about this uh, currently, which is kind of drawing some new media attention to the whole story. I'm only bringing this up because I was watching the trailer for it and I thought I recognized someone in it. So I'll show you and see if you recognize them. Someone physically? Yeah. I hope that this film gets massive exposure and it gets people thinking about experiences they've heard about and maybe going and re- researching the history. It's, it's so one of the... <laughs> what? <laughs> So one of the Ghostbusters... You know, boy, those kids are telling the truth. And I was telling the truth when I had my experience. And it will, it, it's going to provide a lot of reinforcement. What? It, it kind of gives me a sense of satisfaction and vindication, really, because... This is, this is Dan Aykroyd talking, everyone. Media. You know, it's amazing. I Everywhere I go, interviewers say to me, well, I've had an experience or my wife has had or my father or once something happened to us when we were kids and, you know, so... So, (laughs) with no irony whatsoever, one of the Ghostbusters is legit (laughs) investigating this story. He had a paranormal experience? Dan Aykroyd? Apparently. That's insane. Although, is he recalling the set of Ghostbusters? (laughs) 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 I was on a film set, Insane. It was several years long. There was a press campaign, for God's sake. <laughs> and no one seems to be talking about it. There were ghouls. There was slime. There was a goddamn <laughs> building tall marshmallow man marching through the streets. I have a backpack with some of these paranormal beings trapped inside it. I'm in pitches every night saying they want to make a sequel. I think, are you mad? We trapped it. We killed it. Why would you bring it Why back? Why would you want to relive this? Tears in his eyes. <laughs> Everywhere I go on the streets, people ask me, who are you going to (laughs) call? And I break down. I don't know. Because it's not me anymore. (laughs) I'm not strong enough. So, who are you going to call? Someone else. (laughs) F*** off. (laughs) So, listen, I've provided you with a lot of evidence. I, I'm just going to round off this uh, investigation with a quote from Dr. Johnny e. Mack himself. Listen, people said to him, uh, this is craziness. You can't investigate UFO abductions. This is not real. This is not science. And he said to them, quote, 
You put on like some patriotic American music in here, like the Star Spangled. Oh, uh, oh, what's that song? Yeah, Star Spangled Banner. Know. Put in Star Spangled Banner. Although alien encounters are not possible according to the science of the times, they might nevertheless turn out to be real in some way that we do not yet understand. Goddamn right. Just as the bizarre reports of rocks that we now call meteorites falling from the sky seemed impossible in the 18th century. Praise America. I, I know this one is kind of heavy. It, like I said, this is too, too goddamn real to be entertaining, guys. Right. What did you make of this case so far? It is a heavy one, as you said. Heavy, but it moves like a gas. <laughs> with big dark eyes and a telepathic mind. We do have first-hand testimonies. They are from children. Right, fine. Uh, even though they were very believable children. Um, I think it's a really interesting story. As you said, the witnesses didn't have anything to gain from it. Yep. The story was pretty concise. You know, it comes in line with a couple of the other um, alien encounter and paranormal stories that we've looked at. You know, the description of these creatures, these beings. So, I don't know. It's not... It's not beyond the realms of possibility that they did see something. Mm. I My Achilles heel when it comes to the paranormal is aliens. You know, ghost goblins, ghouls, you got to win me over big time with those. But aliens, hell, I'll say they're real right now. <laughs> <laughs> Try me. You had me at minute one. I'm, I'm so on the edge. I'm dancing on the precipice of a yes here. Well, let me push you over the goddamn precipice. Okay, here we go. Because you, you, you know, you're the first-hand investigator in this case. You're the one that's close enough to the information. You're the one that's going to push me in the right direction. So, Kit, please do so. It is my belief that we have so many witnesses on this case. Mm. From ages six through to people of middle age. Hell, seven. <laughs> <laughs> You can tell me that shit's People not real. All the, way, all the way from P2, all the way to freaking P5, I swear to God. <laughs> Through the middle-aged people. And we've seen these testimonies. Right. There's been stuff I didn't even include in this investigation. I think the main thing to hone in on with these witnesses is they, don't, they do not stand to gain anything from this. I think right. that that rules out the possibility of lying. Yeah. I think what we have here is either something non-paranormal that people have mistaken for the paranormal of course or something yeah. genuinely paranormal it is my belief that what these people are describing defies logic it defies what we know to be normal it defies Absolutely. it defies military testing it defies meteor showers exactly uh, you know it's one thing to say oh it was the meteor showers it was you know maybe a plane in the sky maybe it was someone in the nearby field but all the little all the little details that even the mind of a child i think would struggle to come up with the fact that time actually felt like it had slowed down they weren't actually moving they kind of floated along passing through the trees like a, a gas grown man just said this craft passed through a forest like a gas yeah that's what? insane I think personally, if we're to start coming down to conclusions, which we have to do on every episode. Yes, dude. This week from me. No. It is going to be a yes. I'm right there with you, brother. Oh, That's here a we double are. yes. Double we yes. the trigger. We did it. You know, I was just thinking, yeses are so rare on this uh, yeah. podcast sometimes. We should do like, um, when, we, when we start the paranormal commune. Yeah. We should have like... Uh, like a special 
like break glass in case of um, like yes. in case of a yes thing yeah, where it's got like saying. a bottle of Lombardi and we'll both do like a shot or something to to sell to toast it off. Yeah, we we gotta have um a yes alarm that goes off like Kill Bill style, like hell yeah. Double yes, I cannot Double believe yes, it. I can't believe it. I'm actually really excited to read up some more about this case. So if you could stick all of this sweet, juicy evidence in the Patreon notes. cannot do. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> People are paying for nothing. <laughs> Every week, the, cla- the notes are classified. <laughs> Everything's redacted, even YouTube videos. Uh, Hell, we might not even put this live. <laughs> this case is so true, I might not even post it. Uh, Rory is quite right. All the details of this case will be in the Patreon show notes, which yeah. you can access for just... Um, two bucks a month um that's on patreon.com forward slash this paranormal life and if you want to get into other craziness on patreon we have bonus episodes merchandise yeah. from uh, five bucks and more a month it's just a, an, a way to help support the cast get something awesome in return get um, some money to help us build the commune here in london which l- we we have been looking at we have been looking you know it's uh, it's been a long road but i really feel we're getting there yeah a lot of the doors are shut on us when we say commune, even yeah. more when we say cult. Yeah. We didn't mean that's to say why cult. We, that's why we nipped that one in the bud, yeah. honestly. The C word just slips out sometimes. Unfortunately, I said it to Mayor Sadiq Khan himself, <laughs> uh, and he vowed to deport us from the city. Yeah. It was weird as well because it wasn't even uh, like a slip of the tongue. It was just out of con- like a nervous I think it was almost. the subject of the email, actually. Yeah. I think I actually just put it right in there, block capitals. Which we, he thought was a typo because he did invite us into the office. Yeah. I shook his hand and he extended his hand towards you and you yelled, cult, in his face. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, and we were immediately I escorted out of the building. Yeah. Granted. Yeah. Uh, but it's going to be a great commune. It will be. Listen. So, you know what? Tell all your friends about it. Get them all invited. And while you're there, why don't you tell them to join the Facebook secret society that we got going on? Just keep it on the deal. Don't tell them, but tell them. That's right. The The secret society is located at um, facebook.com forward slash. I don't remember. But our Facebook page. Forward slash. <laughs> but our Facebook page is <laughs> facebook.com forward slash this paranormal life. Twitter.com forward slash this para life. And right about now is the point in the podcast where we start shouting out people who are supporting us on Patreon one at a time. Here we are. Let's go. Thank you so much to Reese Balduck. Reese, you little bald duckling. <laughs> Thank you so much for the money that wow. you have sent to the Paranormal Life Patreon. I assume you are like Scrooge McDuck. You have an ocean of cash and you have merely chucked us a few coins, but we appreciate it nonetheless. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you to Kai. Hi, Kai. The appreciation for your donation is sky high, Kai. So thank you. Bye. (laughs) Thank you, Dustin Fish. Dustin Fish, we cast a wide net with you and we're glad we caught you. We're glad to have you on board. I'm sorry I have to gut you and take all your money, aka scales, but we appreciate it nonetheless. So thank you. Thank you too, Rodrigo Lanyas. Rodrigo Lanyas, actually, um, when I first started the paranormal business, he sold me a lot of my equipment. Really? Yeah, he's All a good that. hookup to have. Okay. Night Viz Gogs, <laughs> uh, pickaxe, 9mm. <laughs> Waterproof bed sheets for when you piss yourself scared at night. He's got it all. Uh, thank you, Sam Hayes. 
Hey, Sam Hayes. Thank you for joining us on this Paranormal Podcast. And thank you very much for your contribution, Sam the Ma'am. Very special shout out to Karen E. Haley. Haley shit. Karen actually showed her face around here and threw a couple coins in the bucket of the Paranormal Pals. Thank you, Haley. You are a hailstorm raining pennies down on my exposed face. <laughs> it, it hurts, hurts <laughs> but I love it. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Please stop, Haley. <laughs> Thank you to Luke Aldridge. Luke the Spook. Half man, half ghost. All wallet. And he's emptied that bad boy <laughs> into our pockets. Thank you, Luke, so much for uh, contributing to the Patreon. Thank you to Dan Gray. Dan A. Gray. Ask me what the A stands for. What? Alien. Oh. Alien Gray. I see right through that disguise, Dan. But thanks anyway for the for the contribution. I'll take your space money, sure. <laughs> Thank you too, Jake Miller. Jake Miller. It's Miller time. That's right, I'm using your Patreon contribution to buy an ice cold beer. That's right. Thank you so much. But not Miller. <laughs> Hell no, not Miller. <laughs> Thank you, Kevin Jackson. I'm sorry, Kev Jackson. Ooh, aliens are real. <laughs> Enough said. Thank you so much for uh, donating, Kev Jackson. Ooh. <laughs> I can't not do that after his name now. Thank you, Lucy Gaunt. Lucy Gaunt, but not forgotten. <laughs> That's so dumb. I'm sorry, Lucy. Thank you for the contribution. Thank you to Nikolai Alfredson. That's a lot of names, Nikolai. <laughs> Uh, what are that uh, three? Nikolai Alfredson. Yeah, that's only two actually. It's not that many. Yeah. You can keep them. It's all right. But thank, <laughs> thanks for the donation. Otherwise, we're gonna scalp you on. <laughs> thank you to the visiting ant. Is that like A N T? Yes, or it is. <laughs> I thought it's gonna be like relation ant. No. Christ. Well, I don't know where you got this money, you little bastard. <laughs> but thanks anyway. Uh, but thank you, traveling ant. Thank you to Andrew Hunt. Andrew's been on the hunt for the best goddamn podcast in the world. And he's found us. He's tied us up and he's got the barrel of his gun against our foreheads. Wow. So thanks, Andrew. Please don't he kill us. He pulls the trigger and a shiny coin rolls out into the bucket of the paranormal peasants. <laughs> Thank you, lastly but not leastly, to Arnie Bergeen. Bergeen. Honestly, Arnie, I don't know where to bergeen with you. <laughs> you're a friend, you're a pal, and if you want, we can be lovers, but yeah, I'm gonna Just leave that I'm gonna leave that very much into your hands. Balls in your court, sir. The balls are in your court. Um, and in the meantime, you know what, while you're thinking that through, thank you for supporting the Patreon. Thank you to everyone we've shouted out so far. Absolutely. And to everyone we haven't shouted out just yet, that is because your shout out is coming. Thank you so much for sticking in there. Hope you enjoyed this week's episode. We will see you next week for a brand new paranormal tale. Bye-bye. Goodbye. powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hi, I'm Jesse Crookshank. Jesse Crookshank. 
I host the number one comedy podcast called Phone a Friend. Girl, let's phone a friend. Not only do I break down the biggest stories in pop culture with guests like Dan Levy and members of InSync, I do it with my own personal boy band singing jingles throughout because it's my show. It's your show, girl. New episodes of Phone a Friend. Yeah. Drop Thursdays wherever you get your podcasts. So work it, girl. Yeah, work it. Okay, that's enough. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.